I love being able to talk about brands that I use on my podcast, and I've personally been using this one for over five years. Our sponsor, Nature's Way Alive, women's multivitamin gummies are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals, including the full B vitamin complex to help convert food into fuel and have the added benefit of supporting healthy hair, skin, and nails. With just two delicious gummies, Nature's Way Alive, women's multivitamin gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash Gemma10 and use code Gemma10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. There is a whole collection of black lead products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every purchased there is power so show black founders some love not just during black history month but all year long because every time we buy a black led brand we make room for another black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choice at walmart go to walmart.com black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products that you can add to your daily routine Hello and welcome back to The Psychology of Your 20s, the very unprofessional podcast whereby I, your unqualified guide, talk through some of the big changes and transitions of our 20s and what they mean for our psychology. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I hope your week has been well, that something amazing has happened or you got some, you know, cool news. I'm recording this with a little cat on my lap right now and it's very, very satisfying But this week, we're going to be delving into the chaos, the absolute fucking nightmare of the nine to five job. This is a topic that my friends and I talk about all the time. And the general conclusion we most often reach is that the nine to five job should be abolished, left for dead. It's not a happy way of life for many, I think, and myself included. So today we're going to talk about how a nine to five is not conducive to a healthy, rounded and happy way of living, especially when we're young. And we're going to have a special guest come on later. But first, let's just talk about some of the psychological concepts behind why a nine to five work week is actually just really terrible. So our work can be a big part of our identity and offer some pretty key insights into what's important to us. So it is a really rich area of psychological study. And for many people in their 20s, the transition to full time work is very much like the transition to adulthood. We have those fun years in university and high school where we have a lot of freedom to work the jobs and the hours we want. And for the many, that means that we have our days and, um, you know, well, our lives just free to do what we wish with. But that can really come crashing down when we enter the workforce and suddenly we have to adapt our lifestyle to the typical nine to five work week. So I've had this experience recently. I work the typical nine to five every day, every week. And after the first few weeks, the novelty kind of wears off and it really started to wear me down and it can be pretty, you know, fucking depressing. Um, The thing that really got me was that monotonous procedure of going to the same place every day, 
the same commute, doing the same silly little tasks surrounded by the same people. And so much of your day becomes devoted to this bigger entity and what's in the interest of this company or organization, which can be you know, insanely unfulfilling in many instances. And I especially began to notice this when winter struck. You wake up at nine, at, you know, 7.30, the sun's still down, commute to work, maybe blasting some music so you don't feel like, you know, an absolute robot. And you finish up after five when the sun has set. And where has, where's your day gone? Where is this natural instinct to be active in the sun and outdoors going? With the hours you have left, how do you create fulfillment and an identity in so many short hours in such a short period of time when the sun is down and you're exhausted? And I've just come to the conclusion it's almost impossible to remain human in the system and to maintain a concept of yourself beyond your function as a worker or as an employee. You know, you just end up having so little time to be yourself and to pursue things that truly do bring you joy. Now, I know this is not the case for anyone. Some people find work and jobs that inspire them and light a fire under their soul and push them towards really, really great things. And some people find it immensely enjoyable and fulfilling to be devoted to people and projects that are bigger than themselves and a sense of purposefulness and productivity. Um, there's also that element of money, you know, in a world where we have to pay to exist. No wonder we've become so conditioned to a system that asks us to sacrifice, um, you know, the majority of our daily hours to work in an office of something we don't particularly love just to afford you know the small pleasures in life like rent like I mentioned this dilemma between being a free spirit and embracing our youth or sacrificing these young years for full-time employment is one I'm sure many of my listeners have experienced especially if you are going through that transition right now it might even be keeping you up at night. I don't, I don't know. But even if you don't have this experience, I think we can all recognize this intense societal pressure to enter into this system and the corporate world and work our lives and days away until we're 65, retired, no longer have the bones or the stamina for the life that we actually wanted for ourselves. And when I started investigating this and the psychology behind the nine to five job in our 20s, it started feeling even more startling and a pretty shitty deal that we've entered voluntarily into. And I have had this feeling recently, like at what point did I actually choose this life for myself and come to the conclusion it would bring me happiness? Like how much of that pressure was external or intangible? Me feeling this idealized equation for a perfect life where, whereby, you know, you have a good job, that's the foundation and everything else kind of falls around it. Um, but enough of my rant. <laughs> Let's just get into the psychology behind full-time work. We're going to talk about why a nine to five job is not ideal for making a living, um, burnout, exhaustion and the struggle for fulfillment in a modern day capitalist society. So before we understand the psychological effects of the five day work week, we have to understand its history. So the truth is this type of work schedule hasn't always been the standard in Australia or many places in the world. Um, So basically in the 1900s, factory workers, they were known for being forced to work 100 hour weeks or more. Um, but fortunately, after years of activist work and many people fighting the powers that be, change began. And now the f- nine to five work week has kind of become a standard. And we've certainly been really lucky to have people from the past who fought for these labour rights and for more free time. However, I think many of us still believe we're not really getting the best deal. So there was a study recently, it was a worldwide study that had over 3,000 individuals all working those classic eight hours, sometimes more work days. And findings showed that half of these individuals believe they can do their jobs using only five-hour days. This means they think they'd be more productive if they worked fewer hours instead of more or a four-day work week instead of five, which really kind of poses the argument that working eight-hour days and 40-hour weeks 
aren't necessarily even effective. And further studies have also shown that those who work a nine to five job versus those who have flexible work hours, more days off and greater emphasis on ledger, they're more likely to express symptoms of depression, anxiety. They're more likely to laugh less, express less satisfaction with how they use their remaining time and have fewer fulfilling relationships. Um, according to this recent study that I read about, I think it's only around 30% of the US workforce is engaged in their work. So in other words, they're passionate about their work and they feel strongly committed to their companies. But that leaves you know, 70% of workers who are either not engaged or actively disengaged. So that's 70% of the population who have this work lifestyle, who appear quite frankly, quite miserable and not really engaged in what they're doing. And on average, we spend at least 35% of our waking hours at work. And if we're not happy in our job, then it tends to have pretty far reaching impacts on other aspects of our lives. And it affects things you know, like our relationships, our sleep, physical health, our ability to relax. Um, so what is it about this system that creates such unhappiness from a psychological perspective? I think it's important just to break it down from an evolutionary perspective to begin. So humans, they didn't evolve to work a nine to five job. We evolved as hunter gatherers and our innate instincts, our minds, our bodies, they've evolved to suit this context, not that of an office. Our central nervous system and many of the structures and features of our bodies, including our circadian rhythm, uh, fight or flight system, sensory systems and cognitive features such as our attention, they've all adapted as a result of that evolutionary environment. So, for example, one of the primary jobs we used to have in a hunter-gatherer society was obviously hunting. And this involved brief spurts of intense activity followed by large amounts of leisure time. Similarly, for those who rely primarily, primarily on you know, gathering food, this would have required kind of more time invested, but involved large amounts of physical activity, rest time in between. And it was the lifestyle that brought about specific and instantaneous rewards, such as finding something edible. So both of elements of this lifestyle have three important aspects that no, are no longer kind of present in the modern day work environment. So firstly, they have this specific task-based task reward. You've got time outdoors, and you're active and you've got a greater amount of time for leisure as well. So our bodies and minds, they were formed for these activities. They have evolved for environmental stimulation that is varied and involves active and external input from our surroundings. Our genes, they're still expecting that we chase prey or collect roots and seeds, but human innovation, um, firstly with the creation of agriculture and manufacturing and industry, it's really moved us away from our natural tendencies and rhythms. And this is why the discomfort and boredom of a nine to five job can be so profound and unsettling for so many of us because we've forced ourselves into a lifestyle that is fundamentally opposed to what our bodies and minds have evolved to do. What's worse, I think, instead of being outside, people now work in these large buildings. They're awfully tightly packed with people, technology, not much ventilation. And instead of being this tribal creature chasing after your next meal or working alone in small groups, humans have become cells, um, pretty unindividualized cells in a much larger, larger organism. And it's an organism which has little use for their creativity and their individuality. Basically, our genes haven't had much time to evolve to this lifestyle. So working nine to five on small tasks and projects that rarely have much larger meaning or you feel anyone could replace you, it doesn't really fit the logic that's hardwired into our DNA. Like I kind of mentioned, we've traded brief spurts of intense focus and activity for long days of continuous monotonous work. 
we traded skilled, knowledgeable work for this cog-like activity and we exist in concrete boxes with little time outside or in nature or as individuals as well. And it's really interesting because a lot of organisational psychology has shown that employers who are willing to adopt an evolutionary psychology approach to organising their workplaces, they may drastically improve their workers' overall physical and psychological health as well as their general productivity. So what impact does the nine to five have on our mental state and our psychological well-being? So not just being asked to fit into a nine to five lifestyle, but also does the things, you know, we're not doing the things that we aren't passionate about and we don't really do things that fulfill us cognitively or creatively. Um, And there are some pretty long-term consequences of that. Firstly, we've got fatigue, burnout, depression, existential dread, just to name just some fun for you (laughs) and long hours they do cause fatigue both physical and mental and that fatigue affects not just the last few hours of a workday but all hours of the next day so an employee who drags back to work after only a few hours of rest at home isn't going to be very productive in the morning then the next long day ties them out even more and this kind of punishing cycle begins they're not going to be able to fulfill their other obligations in life or properly utilize their leisure time if they're exhausted mentally under or overstimulated and dealing with the pressures of the workplace and just life in general. Um, And this is particularly pronounced if it's a big life change, kind of shifting into that everyday habit, which it is for those in their 20s who are just entering full-time work. And it's probably why we see so much burnout and dissatisfaction in that age group. So burnout, it can happen pretty fast and is projected into all areas of life doesn't really help anyone maintaining a nine-to-five schedule it doesn't help the individual or the employee who has a group of tired exhausted um, you know unfulfilled young professionals aspiring for better things and greater pleasures of life and it's not just the nine-to-five long working hours and blurred boundaries between work life and private life they're pretty common amongst young professionals and for employees there may be um, you know temporarily acceptable reasons for working longer days You expect positive career outcomes in terms of a higher salary or intrinsic rewards, but long-term, this isn't emotionally or psychologically sustainable. Burnout, it can present as neglected personal care needs, dimmed attention, withdrawal, depersonalization, which I talked about in my episode with Kate, emptiness, emotional instability, and depression. And in the long-term, how do you recover from repeated cases of burnout? Or do you just adapt and begin to detach and close off doors to other areas of your life that might be contributing to your schedule. Um, Basically, I think what I'm trying to say is by trying to recover from the exhaustion of monotonous office life, you might actually begin sacrificing other elements such as sleep and passion projects and socialising to adapt because so much of your day is being taken up by your work and it really only leads to you becoming a bit of a shell of yourself. Um, And I found this quote that I think really captures this pattern of thought so work time actually is lifetime too and I don't want to spend my lifetime only at work Um, and when I read that it kind of sent me a little bit made me a bit scared because it really does hit the nail on the head in terms of what we're giving up to work for a larger entity that might not even care about us might not even know who we are and a meta-analysis of I think it's like 200 over 200 records um, of all these academic papers that had over 800,000 participants, so think about that, close to a million from 13 countries, it demonstrated that longer working hours, they have a positive relationship with occupational health problems 
and higher rates of depression and anxiety. And this is particularly the case for employees who report feeling unfulfilled by their projects and their role. And your ability to enjoy your life beyond your workplace becomes intrinsically linked to your position as this kind of capitalist cog and it strips you of your health and it strips you of your individuality. So this is the question. If the nine to five causes depression, dread, fatigue, burnout, why do young people feel psychologically pressured to submit to it? And we have a guest to explain this a little bit and I'll welcome her in just a second. So welcome, Erin. Hello. Hi. How are, how are we all yeah. going this fine day, night, yeah. lunchtime? Evening. Midnight. Midnight. Spicy. Ooh. Podcast after hours. Podcast after hours. <laughs> no, that's not the theme of the show. <laughs> we didn't agree on that. Um, so Erin is a good friend of mine. It's our one year friend anniversary. Ah. Around this time. Around I this think. time. And, Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And you know, an avid listener of the podcast and also a bit of a nine to five expert. I don't know. I feel like you were the first one of our friends to really jump into that kind of way of living. I think I was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there there are a couple of other people, but Mm. I started um, my nine to five job in August last year. So that's almost a year. And she was still doing uni at the time. And I was still doing uni at the time, which is a terrible idea. If anybody ever says to you, do a university degree and work nine to five, Monday to Friday at the same time, don't, don't (laughs) Don't listen. listen. (laughs) They are not your friend. They are not your friend. Run in the opposite direction as fast as you can. Um, How many courses were you doing? So I'm eating a cookie, by the way. Um, I was doing, well, this is what I told myself it was fine. I was doing two courses at the time and then I had to pick up another two to graduate in time. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> to qualify for my other job, which will remain nameless. Mm. <laughs> secret. Um, it's secret. Secret. No. Sorry, guys. The spud, the cat just stood up yeah. to leave us. This is a very casual episode. I was like, I'm bringing on an expert, but really it's a let's get friendly in disguise. It's a let's get friendly. But we're talking about work. And Erin providing commentary mm. on the cat she's looking after. So you started in August last year. Yes. Now it's almost August. It's almost been oh. a year. Oh. I hate to remind you. I know your concept oh. of time is... My concept of time is short. Yeah, Probably short. due to being in an office. A work slave. A work slave for a year. There's a lot of... Sorry, the jingling again. The cat. Please cut the, please cut the jingles out. Spud. Nobody wants it. Um... So, yeah, um, I've sat in a room in an office building, breathing in other people's air for a year. Fuck. How terrifying is that? But um, it's, it's one of those things that I, I, don't, I think we've talked about this a lot, yeah, but being yeah. able to uh, like afford the lifestyle that you want. At one stage at uni, I would go into the grocery store and I would really stress about um, what I was spending money on mm. and now I can go out for drinks with friends I can treat friends I can buy um, Ubers Ubers. <laughs> um, yeah and I do I, I guess I try to still be do it all within reason because I'm not earning the largest amount of money but it is nice and there like is a certain amount of privilege mm. associated with that that I certainly um, I don't want to take for granted mm. but also as I've said, I feel like it's good because you're kind of being like, oh yeah, let's talk about the positives. Cause obviously it's not, 
modern day slavery. Like we really make it like, <laughs> I know a lot of the, the early part of this show was me being like, fuck the nine to five. My life's so hard. Like I get paid, you know, in the top 2% to yeah. do nothing. Well, I don't do nothing. I, I think that I actually do quite a lot of work, but like, you know, Erin's made a very good point. This is something you sign a contract voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know what you're getting into. You get to afford yeah. things you like. And it's, it's suddenly uh, the position I'm in, at least, is a lot better than a casual job that I used to work in that doesn't really care about your health and well-being. Mm. Um, so the workplace that I'm in at the moment tries to, you know, make sure that their workers are looked after properly and we have people advocating for our rights and yeah you know we've got like i'm a member of the union which i strongly encourage you all Mm. to be all of the listeners if you're not signed up to your union definitely do that because they're the ones advocating for positive change in your workplace yeah Yeah. which is a very socialist episode i think (laughs) and i i don't know i also think we were talking because we had dinner before this and we were talking like i know you can't really get into it because you don't want to get sued <laughs> to whoever, someone from your work listening yes, to this. I was about to say someone's name, but <laughs> you know whose name I was about to say, but yeah. Um, but I also think that sometimes they don't always have your best interest at heart. Like you've had a pretty shitty experience whereby they were pretty standoffish about letting you be flexible. And it really kind of wrote, raised those questions of like, why am I being forced into a nine, like a nine to five, five day work week when a, I'm not even being productive B, it's really bad for my health. Yeah. And C, you guys don't even need me here. Yeah. Like, yeah. As So I'm, I come from this standpoint as somebody with a mental illness. And mm. so I worked five days in my job a year ago. Mm. Oh, spud. Creating noise. It's fine. Um, so as somebody with a mental illness, I worked five days uh, in my job a year ago when I was doing uni and then I dropped down to four days to do uni and my life became eminently so much easier mm. and currently in my current job um, I'm trying to do that I'm nearly there it took mm. a lot of negotiating um, and a lot of advocating for myself but I I think you can probably attest mm. to this I already just feel so much better because I think there's a there's a huge concept of everybody always asks you your whole life where are you going to work? Like, oh what are you going to do? What are you going to be when you grow up? Fucking hell. I hate that question. It's so Every time you so see... Bad. Oh, I can't say that because they listen to this. But, like, especially older people will often ask yeah. that. And it's like, why do I need to answer you? I'm 21 years old, yeah. 22 years old. Like, I don't yeah. know. Also, it just puts this whole emphasis on, like, what are you going to do for work? Like, yeah. work is your whole life. And I remember yeah. I told someone, like, I'm going to take a year off. And they were like, oh oh what are you gonna do and I was like I'm gonna do creative things I'm like oh that would be really good for your resume and like what are you gonna do afterwards and I was like well I don't know like just let me be just let me exist yeah just let me exist so much so much worth is put on to your productivity and Mm. what your career is gonna be like I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts of course this podcast loyal listener yeah what do you mean you're listening to other (laughs) fucking podcasts but I've listened to a lot of podcasts that are talking about finances and careers. I like I. There's a beautiful, beautiful Facebook um, oh, I love post out here, uh, out there in the world rather, and it basically says, um, "What's your dream job?" Question mark. I simply do not dream of labor. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Like I really until I started having three days on the weekend myself and four days during the week for work I had no balance like Mm. 
And if you're not, I'm sure that there's people with really um, amazing jobs out there that fulfill them and that's what they want to do. But I often sit at my desk and just think, oh my goodness, what I would give to be outside. Mm. And I stare out the window and I go, why am I here? Mm. And, I, and I think it's like, I, there's so many skills that I've learned at work um, and I, all of that. Yeah. And I think the more that you have a work-life balance, the more going to work is something that isn't terrible yeah um and so for me like having flexible work arrangements and working part-time has really helped do you but quick question do you think you can have a flexible work-life balance of five days of your life oh is absolutely not i don't know bring on the four-day work week yeah honestly whoever came up with this concept of having to work five days a week two days on the weekend is simply not enough to do like i describe it as i have my day that brings me joy I have my day of life admin and then I have my day to do whatever I want. Yeah. So like all of the stuff that like the relaxation, the laundry, oh, I guess that's life admin, but you know what yeah, I mean? No, I like the stuff mean. that's like you have yeah. to do like maintenance kind yeah. of stuff. Look after your plants. Look after my plants. Oh, hours of my life go yeah, into my plants. Know, but it's fulfilling. <laughs> it is. Which, it is. And it's something I care yeah. about. And I also remember speaking of like you being at your desk being like, I just want to go outside. Yeah. I remember being terrified when you told me when you were working at your old job yeah. in that building. Yeah. You would say to me like, oh, it was bucketing down rain today, but yeah. I've made a promise to myself to always eat my lunch outside. So I went yeah. and sat outside. Yeah. And I used to sit in the rain. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> sounds fucking terrible like you know, ah. yeah and I mean the other thing I do because uh I really don't enjoy sitting inside all day yeah is I eat lunch outside mm. I try to do that as often as I can and I cycle to and from work and I was saying recently to my housemate shout out to Naira if you're listening hi <laughs> yeah um that my favorite part of work now is not work because work would never be my favorite part of my day, but actually cycling to and from work and doing exercise, because that's how I've built in Mm. looking after myself when eight hours of the day, which in winter is all of your daylight hours gone. Literally nothing. We live in Canberra and it's like sunsets at five. Sunsets at five. So if you're working nine to five, you don't get daylight hours. And so that's my motivation to exercise as I cycle to and from work Um, because I can luckily. Mm which is obviously not something that everybody can do, but that yeah. really, really helps me and helps maintain my mental health. And I think the really interesting thing, actually, mm. there's like probably a direct correlation between nine to five and me actually realizing I have to look after my mental health. Ooh, like, interesting. I don't, I don't know whether pro. you remember yeah. that um, when I started my job, I like suddenly, like my nine to five job, I suddenly got very into like running because I was like, mm. I have to, no walks was a big like thing walks. i'd be like what are you doing because we used to live around the, like literally like 100 yeah. meters from each other and like what are you doing can i come over and you'd be like i'm on a walk yeah just because i mm. needed to breathe fresh air mm. and be outside um because Which it's is a big thing and i had this realization today when i was leaving work and just quickly disclaimer we i don't know about you i love my job like i oh. love the people i work with <laughs> okay very very different i'm so glad that you feel that way yeah, like, i <laughs> I love people at my work, but I don't think I share the same sentiment. I go to work to get paid. Yeah. And hopefully one day. Well, me too. Like, I would Yeah. Like, it's not... I wouldn't go if I was a volunteer. There are people who would go to work if they, if they weren't being paid because that is... They've been brainwashed, that's why. <laughs> Simple explanation. It was like people... No, don't get it. It's well, also like people who volunteer, like, in yeah. old age. I'm like... I get it, but I'm also like... Really? Why? 
I don't know. I'm like, you've lived your whole life and now you're retired. You're going to go work for free because you can't oh. do anything other than work. I actually really like volunteering though. But if it's like, mm, I don't know, maybe I'm just dissing what I haven't tried yet. Yeah. I think it depends what volunteering you're doing. I find a lot of satisfaction in volunteering because yeah. I know that what I'm doing actually contributes. But is it like, you're, but like you're outside? Because you often do like tree planting, volunteering, or at yeah, the food co-op. Yeah, not always. Not always though. I did volunteering for a while where I worked in like a Vinnie's, like a equivalent of Vinnie's overseas, and I loved that. That was amazing. Mm. That was a lot because of like human mm. connection as well and being able to talk yeah. to people. Okay, you and think, I, actually I volu- didn't think that. Yeah, and I've, I volunteer for a group called Sea Change, who are a non-for-profit in Canberra, and I do that because I like I like it, and I I, I think I like the. Um, the feeling of contributing to being part mm. of a community. That, that's like a big value for me. Yeah. So Community is another big thing we should talk about. Like. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And I think that's probably what I do enjoy about work is having like a network of people. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying about yeah. my work. Like, I really love the people I work with. Like the things I do feel somewhat meaningful mm. i have responsibility and i think that is really important by the way not to yeah. interrupt you but no, no, go for it. if you are working in a nine-to-five job and you have the ability to change where you are and you are not feeling fulfilled where you are mm. just move mm. find somewhere that does fit yeah if so, you have that flexibility well so what erin's talking about like i am a notorious job quitter <laughs> like if i don't like where i'm working quit Quit, quit, like as you should. Yeah, life is too short. I know that's what I. Used if to you say. have the option to, life is way too short to sit in a job. Yeah, and especially I think while you're young and oh, you don't have yes. a mortgage, you or don't kids. have kids, you don't have looming financial responsibilities. Mm. Why not? Yeah, and this is the thing about like being in your twenties, like a lot of us do have that freedom mm. and it's like, why do we submit to something that doesn't work for us? And I had that, like my friends used to always joke with me, like you're a notorious, like, Oh, how many jobs are you working now? Like, where are you working now, Gemma? Because I would constantly mm. change, but I had this really very strong feeling like right now, world is my oyster. Yeah. So much freedom. Why would I stay in a workplace that I don't feel valued in mm. working hours? I don't feel valued in. Mm. You know, it just isn't worth it. And it's mm. not worth it when you're young and you have so much health and stamina and yeah. opportunity and friendships Yeah, to just sacrifice that. Yeah. And this is, like, obviously there are people in positions to not... Yeah. Who can't do that. Yeah, and, it, and And in which case, I think I had an amazing conversation um, with my psychologist the other day about the concept that if you do have to be where you are mm. and, like that's something that's important to you because yeah. you need to grow your income or for whatever reason, you know, you... Maybe you do have financial responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. And, and in some ways as well, well there we are do, people yeah. who work to support what they mm. love in other aspects of their life. Yeah. So they'll work to be able to do other things that yeah. they really like. And I think that's, you know, that's obviously a value as well if you do have that kind of balance. But um, my psychologist, I'm not going to name her, but shout out... Love to her. you. <laughs> Shout out to you. Tell her to listen to this. I will. I yes. will tell her. I think she'd like it. Get her to recommend it to all her patients. <laughs> so we can get some more <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Many people in Canberra are public servants. I would say yeah. the majority of our friends, I would say almost all of our friends, wow. work in jobs that either serve the public mm. service or are the public mm. service. So even if they're like not working in a department yeah. or a, like a branch or a group, yeah. like 
that's what my job is primarily yeah. serving the public service yeah. so you really like get it gets ingrained in you and there's a lot of actually there are benefits like there's a oh, lot of mm-hmm. flexibility in the public service yeah. and i'm able to go down to porto so week at the moment because of the flexibility with that but anyway um so she was talking about this concept mm-hmm. of happiness if you are not somebody who loves to work and work is your life happiness is not just going to strike you at work like a lightning bolt from above and you're not just going to sit there Mm. and become super deliriously happy yeah it's not going to happen and all my life i think because of the conversations that everybody has around careers and work and what you're going to be and finding fulfillment through what you do i always thought that if i found a job that fit totally right i would just experience insurmountable happiness Mm. like a dream job like a dream oh my goodness the concept of a dream job abolish it abolish it concept of a dream job hate it because Mm. she literally said even if you work in something that you're completely fulfilled in it is scientifically impossible to be happy yeah eight hours of that day yeah true you can't yeah or to be stimulated or to be stimulated or not bored or not bored constantly and even if you are stimulated you're probably stressed yeah you can't keep your attention for eight hours of a day it's literally scientifically impossible unless you're on drugs yeah even then, you still need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know what you're taking, but... And, and for me, that just... I, I found it such a concept. And she mm. said, you've got to create moments of happiness Aww. in your day at work. So for me, I like cycle to and from work. That's a huge mm. bit of my happiness. I have lunch with my friend. Shout mm. out, Lindsay. Love you. Friend uh, of the show. Friend of the show. Um, I have lunch with her almost every day. I love mm. it. Half an hour to just chat shit yeah. about the world. Yeah. Um, not the public service though. We never chat shit about the never, public service. Never, mm-hmm. totally numb. We would never talk about work on our lunch break. No, abolish work. Yeah, actually, you shouldn't break. talk about work. You on shouldn't. Lunch. Uh, yeah, we had sorry, point. just to interject. No. We had this moment. No, it's like we were having dinner, just like hanging out, and we got into like work chat. <laughs> and I like came, and we haven't Dis- seen each other for like a week. Disgusting. I was sitting on the couch, and I got into work chat. Oh. And I really had a moment where I was like, I always promised myself. Did you ever do this when you were a kid? You're like, I'm not going to work a nine to five. Like, oh, yeah. People who talk about work on their free days, they're so lame. Yeah. And then there I was. I have never, ever pictured myself sitting in front of a computer in an office. And I've been doing that for a year of my life. Wow. And I have many moments mm. during the day where I sit there at my computer and I go, what the heck is going on here? What am I doing? crazy what am i doing but you know it's skills gaining it's i get the way to of the world it's the way of the it is the way of the world it's one of those things and yeah. i don't think anybody preps you for it no um, well i actually think maybe they do like school kind of preps you for it think about like going to school when you're but that's the thing i had this yeah. thought and not in a good way that it preps yeah. you for it but like a whole life we're conditioned to give up the hours of our day <gasps> to something that we might not always see a purpose in. Like you wow. go to school from 8.30 to 3.30 and then, you know, you go to work from 9 to 5. Like, I used to fall asleep in school classes. Yeah, I'm sure you would have. You would have been so bored. How can you, how can you sit down for that long? Mm. Anyway, so in terms of creating happiness in your workday so you don't feel like that, like me yeah. sitting at my desk going, what the fuck am I doing? Having an existential crisis. Having an existential crisis every single moment. You know, she was like, go get coffee if that's yeah. something that you like. Do something that builds connection if that's something you like, you know? Um, And I really, I really appreciate that concept and like going for a little walk in the afternoon. walk. Do it. Go for a little walk. Who's stopping you, Mm. you know? And let's talk about that. So that's actually really good skill, like Mm. really good habits to form because I feel like I don't have that right now. Like, yeah. 
I often skip my lunch break. I often don't go outside. I drive, Absolutely not. I drive to work and then today I saw the sunset and I like <gasps> almost cried because I was like, wow, oh. real existence. Oh. Um, but let's talk about making the most of your yeah. off time because you do a really good job at that. Do I? Yeah, you do it. Thank you, you. No, you're so good at it. You always, like, yeah. you just prioritize your friends. You do yeah. things that make you happy. Yeah. Like, she works nine to five and she still has time to volunteer. Like, yeah, I haven't volunteered true. for about six years. Like, <laughs> Well, and it's what you value, right? I don't value work. So I think I do put a lot of time and energy mm. into doing things. Like, on almost every day that I work, because I work four days at, a mo- at the moment, Yeah. on two of those four days so 50% I have a set activity that I know I will be doing every week and mm. then the other 50% of that time I usually feel with spending time with friends yeah so I go to poll on Tuesday night mm-hmm. which I love so that's like my first day back yeah. at work absolutely heinous yeah gross but I get to go to poll in the evening and that's yeah. something I really like I tried to get her into spin classes but we tried once we tried spin work. on Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> I cycle so why would I yeah, spin I when I cycle but I know. still loved it still loved it of course <laughs> Um, yeah. And then on Thursday I play netball and it's like social netball, which mm. is amazing. And I never pictured myself playing netball either, but oh, wow. it's really good because I get to spend time with a whole bunch of people that I really like and they're super lovely. And then on Friday, I usually do something really fun with my friends. Yeah. Normally oh. we get drunk. Normal, or I go out for drinks. They're actually, that's an interesting topic. People drinking to forget the fact that they have to work five days a week <laughs> because I think that is a big thing to talk about that's a big trend especially in Canberra where a lot of people have disposable incomes and no children so and a job that means that they have both days on the weekend off yeah so it's also a lot of young people like Mm. maybe I feel like most of the people who are listening but like it's a lot of people who are like under the age of 30 moved here for the APS and have just come into heaps of money off and moved out of home And it is a huge thing. Also, I the big thing is if you're young, like this is meant to be your time to really figure yourself oh. out. If you're working all the time, when you do have time off, there's this huge compulsion to be like, I need to have fun. Mm. I need to be fun. I need to like do things, make memories. Mm. And often that's like, well, I need to be drunk. Yeah. Or like, what's the... Well, that's Canberra. how you socialize, right? Yeah. In Canberra, there's not much to do. <laughs> if you're okay, we're not really outdoorsy people. Like we have a lot of friends who like, you bike, ride your bike, but like we have friends who are like, Go to the snow. Ultra marathon ultra, runners. Run ultra Kate. marathons. Kate. Shout out to Kate. Yeah, Tanea, Lucy, they always yeah. go skiing. Like, yeah. They always cycle, Meg. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people do who that. do the weekend activities that require traveling and then your whole weekend is spent camping. I wish yeah. I could be that person. No. I think we should work on it, maybe. Um, <laughs> hey, we're going to Braidwood this weekend. We are. We're going to Braidwood for Braidwood. That's making the most of your weekend. Yeah, but this is the thing. Okay, we, need, we got off track. Well, actually, quickly. Yeah, please. Sorry. We often get off track in our conversations, yeah, in case you haven't noticed. That's the thing, right? Mm. And if you have three days a weekend, three days on your weekend, mm. you can have a day going on a little trip. Yeah. Little and trip. your other days... You don't only then have one day to get your whole life together and then go back to work on Monday. You have two days to get your life back together and go back to work or on Monday. Or you could take a night time. You could go for a night. I mean, you could do that, I guess, if you've only got two days a week. Yeah. Two days a week you, off. Just basically what we're saying is so much more opportunity. Yeah. Just to do more things. Yeah. And like Erin was saying, and like we kind of went off this point a little bit, but I do really want to talk about it because I think you raised a really good point. When everyone's young, everyone's mm, been forced sorry, into yes. these lives that they don't necessarily love, yeah. 
you've kind of cut short your young years. Oh my goodness. Premature. Like I'm 21. I've become like a 50 year old. I'm yeah. sitting here on my, on my couch yeah. with my cat. Yeah. Am I drinking tea? Drinking tea. Am I 50? No. What, what happened but to th- my like twenties? Yeah. But this is the thing because you always have that, like what happened to my twenties? Mm. What happened to my young years? Where were they? What did I do? Yeah. And I then, blinked. Yeah. You and blinked. it was gone. And now I sit in an office. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Now you sit in an office. And I think that is a thing that really like, because this is the time to be young. And like, we're talking about psychology here. Our brains don't really want to be pushed in. We're still developing. So our brains are seeking new stimulation, new memories, new experiences. So you often see like, there's nothing to do on the weekend. A lot of people have disposable income. Go out and get drunk. Mm. Go out and drink and forget that, you know. And then forget that you have to go to work in a day. Yeah, and then, 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 you know, it's awful because then you get really hungover and then your whole Sunday's gone anyhow. So, you know, now you only have a one-day weekend. Yeah. It sucks. You know, there is actually... uh, There is actually a formula to making your days good. What is it? I've told you about this before, right? No, you have never told me about this. Really? No. Okay, so again, my beautiful psychologist, shout out. Mm. um, She said that... When I started having my Mondays off, she said, okay, that's great. Don't yeah. spend all day on the couch resting because whilst rest is great, you need to yeah. do something that makes you feel fulfilled. And so she said that you need to do something on that day that brings you joy. Yeah. So something that you really like. So that could be like spending time with friends or... Cooking something um, nice. I often like do a little bit of planting, oh, like yeah. get a new little plant, plant some seedlings. Painting. Painting. Mm. Reading. 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 Um, something that's practical. Mm-hmm. So Laundry. prepping dinner for next week. Mm. Laundry. I often try to clean every Monday so the house is nice and clean for the week ahead. Um, you need to do something that's cognitive. Mm-hmm. So it like itches the scratch in your brain. Mm-hmm. So a uh, easy one is watching a documentary, but yeah. Scrabble, Scrap, Scrabble, Crosswords, Crosswords, Scrabble. <laughs> um, I guess. <laughs> I haven't thought of that one. <laughs> Words. But, um, or like researching a topic that you're really into mm. or podcast. like a new qualification that you want, podcast about something scientific or it, that's kind of my realm mm. of interest is like science mm. and the climate and stuff like that. Oh, like doing a bit of reading. You read the... I read heaps. You read so much. But you read really intellectual stuff. I don't think so. I think I just read like really weird novels that are like kind of whack. (laughs) But you were talking about reading that article Oh, yeah. So my friend got like a New Yorker subscription. Mm, That's right. And um, like when he's finished with them, he like gives them to me. And I read Mm. this really insanely good article about the rise of ovarian cancer in like rural Alabama and like the intersection between that and like Medicaid and how like, yeah, this is a real detour, but it's a really good article. So that's that's something that's cognitive, right? Yeah. And it was, it actually was really fulfilling because I read it right before bed and I felt like I'd done something that challenged my brain rather than just pressing a button on an Excel spreadsheet. Um, and then you got to do something that's physical. So exercise. Mm. So go for a walk. Mm. Um, I love going for a walk up a hill where I live at the moment. And if you time it right, you can see a little sunset. Oh. Which is oh, gorgeous. That's like a combination of joy. Combination of joy. All the others. All the others. <laughs> I forgot them. Joy. So something that brings you joy. Something that is practical. Yeah. Something that's cognitive. And something that's physical. There you go. There's the equation. That's the equation. So if you do all of those things in your day. Yeah. Then... You'll feel better. You'll feel better. But I don't want to say you'll be happy because no. happiness is a construct, but 
It is. That really helps me. And that makes me feel mm. like I've... Because productivity sometimes, I think, can there's a very narrow field of what productivity actually mm. is. Um, and I think sometimes there's a big push to be productive. And what does productivity look yeah. like? And the rise of the that girl... Oh, yeah. Um, trend on Instagram, oh, which we could talk about for hours, so we won't go into it. We will it. do it on our other episodes. That yeah. We're do. But, um, but really, that... that's also tied to, like, professional mm. success and, like, having everything put together. Yeah. And, like, a big part of that is, like, having the job or, like, working yeah. towards the job. Yeah. And I think what we're really talking about here is, like, if we took the job out of the equation or the nine to five job, yeah. would everything really fall apart? Or would everyone get a little bit happier? Oh. Like, Universal honestly, basic income. Yeah. Just look at the studies done with universal basic income. Yeah. And how those that want to work work. People who find joy in working mm. work. And people who don't yeah. get to pursue what they actually love. And I feel like everyone falls into place of doing things that like, you know, that they would enjoy. Like mm. and that would actually they'd be good at, they'd be specialized at. You would have more productivity and efficiency, I think, because you wouldn't have a bunch of people who feel compelled to work but not motivated to work which is a huge thing I'm sure you've seen. Mm. Like so many people who are like, oh, I've got to go to work. And when they get to work, do you really think they're going to be there? Like, yeah, I'm at work. Like, let me put in everything I've got. Let me really commit to this. No, they're not going to flip and do that, especially when you're in your 20s or in your 30s or when you're young and you have so much other shit that you want to do. And I just think like, yeah, I just don't think that it necessarily works. And I think with what you were saying about that equation... You've got these four things you need to prioritize. Do you find it easier to do it on days when you're not working or days when you are? Oh, I don't think about it on days I work because I simply do not have time. There we go. Like Because by yeah. the time I have woken up, yeah, got myself to work, mm. been at work, come home, I've got, what, three or four hours left in the day. Yeah. And most of that is spent eating dinner or having to cook dinner. So you're home by five. You want to be in bed by ten. Yeah, yeah, you want to be in bed by 10 so you don't feel like absolute crap the next morning. You've got to shower, you've got to tidy up, do whatever you need to do in your house. Yeah, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself, eat. So what, and at the end of the day, often Mm. as somebody who is a little bit introverted, I often just sit and watch television because I'm like, I do Mm. not have the mental capacity to do anything else that is slightly challenging. Yeah. Or, you know, you go and do something that is good. Like, mm. you go to netball. Mm. There's your physical thing. and There's your joy thing. Mm. Um, not really practical, but, uh, yeah, like, physical and joyful. There's two things that are really nice. Yeah. Somewhat cognitive. Mm. But it's also, like, but then you have less time to take care of yourself. Completely. So, it's this whole thing of it's, like, when eight hours of your day are gone and the first three hours, two hours are spent just fucking getting ready and going to work. Well, I lie in bed for an hour because I literally oh, yeah. don't want to go to work. Oh, terrible i always like, set my alarm literally. at 10 past 7 but i get up at 7 40 yeah because i like to wake up and then be like oh i get a snooze a little bit because yeah. if i wake up at 7 40 i'm gonna be like oh, it's just I'm not just gonna, gonna go well yeah i've been really been cutting it thinner and thinner mm. like today i woke up at 7 50 and i was like shit <laughs> yeah i've got 40 minutes to get out the door <laughs> like i've actually i i managed to perfect it down to 15 minutes getting out of the door at one stage when i just was so sad about going to work i couldn't get out of bed which is not a that's not a good space to be in and i'm not there anymore um when i first started working my nine-to-five job and there have been Mm. occasions as well that um i have literally had to like i've not been able to get out of bed in the morning and i've slept in and then i've woken up at 11 and i've had to call work and have a chat to them and be like hey this is going on 
My yeah. mental health is not great at the moment. And they've, I'm luckily they've been really understanding. Mm. But um, How much of that do you think was tied to work? Or do you think it was just lack I of balance? It, no, other I think it really, it really was tied to work. And it was tied to the fact that I had no time for myself and I was just so exhausted. Yeah. And my mind was just not able mm. to cope at all. Mm. And I think as well, like, if you have a mental illness, like, I find it really important to have time to prioritise just looking after myself. Because yeah. sometimes looking after yourself is quite difficult. Yeah. And sometimes it does, like, take time to do things that other yeah. people could do quite quickly, yeah. you know? Um, so part of that is, like, if I have more time on the weekend, it is easier to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's a really big thing. And I'm glad that you kind of um, recognized that and kind mm. of took control and were like, yeah, this needs to mm. change. But it's, you know, and you were really lucky that you, they were somewhat. Yeah. No, I was really lucky. Flexible around that. Somewhat flexible, yeah. Um, but do you think if you weren't working your nine to five, what do you think you would be doing? Or is that too much of a scary question? No. Um... Sorry, I'm, I'm taking a moment to think. Yeah, um, I had a concept at one stage of really wanting to be able to do wolfing, which is like working on an organic farm. What's so it called? Wolfing. Wolfing. W-O-O-F. Yeah. F? Maybe just one F. Um, and so basically you work on an organic farm for free in exchange for like shelter and food. Wow. This is a real socialist episode. <laughs> Universal basic income, yeah. free accommodation. Yeah. Well, because I was, I, I think I really enjoy doing things where they're super practical. And whilst mm. I, I did not grow up in a farm in by any shape or form, I love plants, which you know. Yeah, she does. My, I own a lot of house plants. I'm staring at them all right now. It's about 15. They are very hard to miss. Mm. They are in your face. Well, there's 15 on that one table, table. alone. I know. And it's then just the whole you house just is green. look around and there's even more. But um, yeah, I just love the concept of like maybe live in a commune yeah oh gosh isn't that's a terrible thing to say no it's not it's not at all but why i feel like it's very like no basic (laughs) no it's not but if it's basic we have to also examine like why Mm. do so many people want to do like how many people listening have those fantasies Mm. of dropping everything and going and living in a van or traveling the world or Mm. moving to a new country or like living in a commune i think it's super stigmatized because it's the absolute other end of the spectrum from what like capitalist society expects of you yeah and sometimes it's stigmatized like you're trying to be like unique like Mm. oh look at you go it's like actually maybe you're just doing the thing that's right for you and you just are scared that you can't do it well who who is meant to be living in an office no one not living sorry well practically yeah if you consider you're spending how much well 35 percent of your waking hours at work, but that does not include, you know, the time spent getting ready for work, the commute. Mm. Like, I'm, what, like an hour commute every day? Oh, my goodness. Like, I have to leave 30 minutes earlier, and then it takes me 30 minutes to get home. It's another hour. Then you have to fucking get ready for work. Then you have to depress from work. Mm. Then you have to have a shower. And then, mm. you you know, if you want to go to the gym, like, there's just all these things that become so much more limited. Mm. Whereas if you worked on a commune, you really have a lot more time just to actually exist and know yourself. And I think that's so important. And what working in an office does not do mm. no. is allow you space or time to be an individual. Be an individual because that's the last thing that capitalism will want. Yeah. 
Can you imagine? Ah, oh, the world would fall apart. Yeah, if people actually realize that, and again, if this is your goal in life, I'm not dissing it, but moving up in a mm. workplace, what is it like? What is it going to serve you? What are you going to get from that? Yeah. Apart from like a weird, narcissistic sense of power and money, and money, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I thought this as well because I think when I was in high school, I was really like. All I want to do is make heaps of money and be super successful and everyone admire me. Mm. But and why, I did like why did you want to do that? Because did I didn't have anything else that I thought would bring me meaning. Wow. So when I... That's the thing. Because I was like, this is what I've been taught will bring me meaning. Mm. This is what I imagine. People admire people who are rich. People admire mm. people who are successful. And I'm so dependent on people admiring me. Yeah. And then I got to uni and about my second, third year, I was like really restructured that whole ideal mm. and I was I just had this moment where I was just like that is actually not gonna work for me mm. it's not gonna work for me mm. because and I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I do work a nine-to-five now don't I but is your and one just, life goal to become the CEO hell no exactly hell no you're not a hypocrite you just exist within a capitalist society but also I'm working because I know that I need money to go off and Mm. do the things that I want to do and I think I've also been able to do other stuff alongside it like I Mm. do this podcast like um have heaps of time for other things in my life um but yeah I think that that was a huge thing that I had on my mind like I this is what I need for my life like this is what I want and then I had to completely rethink it and I used to always be like oh I imagine people who like oh you're just gonna be a bum all day (laughs) I was very conservative I'm not now (laughs) obviously as discussed in the last episode yeah yeah (laughs) done a full 180 um but I really think it's like restructuring your priorities and I think a lot of people hit that point where they have that conundrum and why do you think people have a midlife crisis? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, because... Quarter life crisis is a Quarter life crisis. crisis. Because you realize that, like, what you're doing... Mm. What, what's it actually... And I think, actually, quickly, um, COVID has had a huge, huge... Mm. Like, generated a huge societal shift into... Wow, okay, life's actually quite short. Yeah, Life is really uncertain. We don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. So you better do something that you actually yeah. enjoy. Yeah, you know? and family. Spend time with family. And spend time with family. And I actually think that as well. And also just like how many workplaces, you know, how much we realize that actually you could take time off. Oh. Like you could <gasps> work from home. Quickly. You could be flexible. Half pay. What Leave with that? half pay. What was that? I don't know when that's available to you, but it's a bit of a thing in the APS. If you take leave, take leave with half pay if you can afford it. Because basically for that day of leave or days of leave, you will get half your pay. But that means you get twice as much leave. Oh, if you can afford it, fuck yeah. If you can afford it. Concept. I didn't know that was something people could do until like eight months into working in this job. I want to do that. I don't get leave. You don't get leave. Oh, no. are you a, you're a contractor? Well, yeah, I just get, yeah. I'm not on a permanent contract. Yeah. So I'm technically casual, but I work. Well, but I don't know. But I'm on a semi-permanent basis working nine to five. Oh my goodness. But I think it's just because I started out there as someone who was like, just there as like a support Mm. person, Mm. like as a researcher. And then Mm. I got like promoted, not promoted, but they needed me. That's how they get you. That's no, how they <laughs> I, I love that. my workplace, oh. but like, it's not the workplace that I don't like. It's the concept of the work life. Yes. That's a really big yes. thing to distinguish. Well, I truly, and I have had a 
serious existential breakdown about mm. this before now in front of uh, my mom and my brother mm. where I literally lay on the kitchen floor and I cried because I was like, why can I not simply receive money for existing? Yeah. Why, why, why do, do I, need I money? why do I need money and why do I have to work to a exist? And I can like, I can hear the economic bros shouting at me as I say this. Okay, shut up, Brad. I shut, know that's your oh, name. Oh gosh. Oh, something lame like that. Oh, but why, like, why? Yeah. Why do humans, like, we've created, obviously, this huge doom. Yeah. But why, why, like... Why didn't we choose a better one? Nothing about me existing yeah. actually requires dollar-dollar bills. Yeah. Nothing. Right? Nothing. It obviously facilitates things like healthcare and somewhere to live, but... but then again, why does that require dollar-dollar bills? Why does that require dollar-dollar bills? Yeah, we gotta go back It to wouldn't... The, uh, yeah. Well, once upon a time, it wouldn't have. I mean, bartering. But you also would have died at 35. But I also would have died. Oh, I would have died very early on. I got sick as a very young child. Ooh. I would have been killed off early. Oh, we do not condone infanticide on this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing you. <laughs> no, but you're right. Like, why does everything require money? Yeah. And that's what I think we were really getting at. What's the pressure? The pressure is money. Yeah. The pressure is completely. two things, actually. Like, kind of what I was saying. The pressure to be need to be to be conforming mm. and to be doing what you think mm. is going to give you meaning, and work is what has given yeah. so many generations of people meaning because yeah. that was really a necessity, and also money, mm. and money require allows you to do other things, but it's like that equa- it's like another equation where it's like at what point do you not even have the time to spend the money that you are earning because you wanted to spend money on things that you like, and at what point are you just accumulating wealth and yeah. for who? Yeah, where's that going to go when you're dead? Where's that going to go when you're dead? And if we throw into this the good old little climate crisis mm, exactly. lurking in the background if we only have like how much amount of time that we have left which is probably not a lot um before things really hit the fan hit the fan mm. am i gonna spend 20 of the best years that we have left on this planet as human beings before we go extinct yeah. sitting in an office Staring at a computer screen. It's like an episode what? of Black Mirror. It is like we're living in an episode of Black Mirror. We really are. But and seriously, I'm like, so I mean, if this is a motivation to anybody, mm. quit your job. Are you gonna quit your job? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I need to figure out what I want to do that is yeah. not working nine to five, and then I will. And be also, seriously you're kind of locked in right now. And I'm locked in the job that i'm in right now requires a certain period of time yeah to do things in so to do things in it's like a set a set contract we'll say um so it's kind of like but if you have the opportunity also if there's younger people who are like because i remember last year i had this whole thing where i was like i just want to get a normal job like i just want to work nine to five and i thought that was going to make me happy i was like i just want to do it like that no 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 spend as much time as you can on a centrelink (laughs) if you have that option or b just like doing other things working jobs that are you know might be different hours but like are a lot more suitable for your lifestyle having a nine to five job fitting into that lifestyle doesn't Mm. actually bring meaning it doesn't make you a more mature person you don't need to rush to grow up and fit into that yeah because you just give away so much of your freedom and even though you might have been told your whole life that that's something to aspire to and work towards sometimes it's just not it's just not and you know the grass is always greener on the other side but 
Yeah, exactly. That's what... Obviously. But if you seriously, like, seriously consider what is it that brings you meaning and value? And joy. And joy. Yeah. For probably 80% of people, it is it is not working in an office. No. Um, it's not for me. No, this, it's not for you. Yeah. Oh, it isn't. There we go. There's 100% out of our sample of two. So. So, obviously. Lessons learned. <laughs> peer-reviewed research. Yeah, literally peer-reviewed because we are peers. <laughs> um, we need to say goodbye because we have recorded 45 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Of this. But we hope, well, I hope especially that... This was kind of an informative look into what it's like transitioning into nine to five work when you're in your 20s, the psychological shifts and changes that you undergo and yeah, what it means for your health, what it means for your sanity and your sense of self and why it's probably not all it's cracked up to be. And yeah, I think it was just a good discussion of the pressures that you face to fit into that mold. Yeah. Even if it's against your own well-being. Yeah. So thanks, Erin. Thanks for having me. No worries. You know, I love a good chat about work. Yeah, oh, no more work chat. No more work chat. No more work ever chats. again. Can we ban them? I think we should. I think we definitely should. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll have a new episode next week. It's the psychology of the breakup, and <gasps> uh, yeah, spicy, it's a juicy, spicy, juicy it's, episode. Oh yeah, it's juicy indeed. Erin's giving me a knowing look. But thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is Sheep Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.